To the New England Take, I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Be sure to check out the NewEnglandTake.com, my brand new website I've put together for the show. Looking for partners, if you're interested in uh, having your writing, your video, anything like that published on the site, please reach out to the NewEnglandTake at gmail.com. already have uh, old Rob Azevedo of Granite State of Mind uh, throwing me some writing now and then, and I'm excited to have some more partners. So reach out if you're interested. Excited to be joined this week by Peter Lando. He is the f- founding partner over at Lando and Anastasi, a firm. Uh, his office is out of Cambridge, but they're they're very international firm, as far as I I know offhand. LALaw.com to get more from them. So start off with Peter. Tell a little bit about the firm, so people know that you know what you're talking about. Well, we're an intellectual property firm. We're celebrating this year our 20th anniversary. And by the way, we moved to Boston, unfortunately, in March of 2020. Oops. <laughs> Bad timing to pick up the rent. But nonetheless, we're in Boston now at 60 State Street. We've uh, The firm has been together for 20 years. I've been practicing over 30. Um, proud graduate of Franklin Pierce. And I, I cover all all matters of intellectual property. Yeah, and that's where Peter and I met for as, uh, my during my tenure as a staff member over at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law. So be sure to still have good terms with that school. So excited to have you on today. I, I happened to see on LinkedIn uh, last week, I think it was, that you were quoted in the uh, Boston Globe. Their article was called Banning Non-Competes Could Have Major Implications in Massachusetts. And I've kind of heard some, some rumblings around non-competes, especially as the labor movement has really ramped up over the last three years as everyone's trying to move away from COVID and the fallout of everything through that. So there's a bunch of negative implications when it comes to non-competes. But generally speaking, from a legal perspective, it's a huge thing to consider. Like like anyone that thinks this is like a 30-second explainer on on the subject is possible is mistaken. Right. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's true when you have low wage workers or non-exempt workers or um, restaurant workers, whatever it is. Uh, sure. And, and it's, it's easy to see that a non-compete clause in any of those contracts would harm the person, the employee from moving from job to job. But that's not what I was referring to in the exactly. Boston Globe article. See, I deal in technology. So I, I think there's um, a kind of harmful impact here if this goes through, and not just in Massachusetts. Of course, the Globe was writing from that perspective, but this is this is countrywide, and and it and it's up against a trend state by state, right? So California has long frowned on non-competes, and other states put limitations. And in Massachusetts, it happened in 2018 after many years of of trying. They they kind of found a middle ground, a modification to non-competes where there would need to be consideration or limited term or, or the type of employee, et cetera. And so here you have this, um, it's, it's a, the delicate issue, and the FTC thought it made sense to just ban them outright. And so they put this proposal forth, and in some of the language in the proposal, it, it from my perspective, again, coming at it from an intellectual property lawyer uh, uh, view, um, they're pointing out how uh, this would open up the economy and prevent would-be entrepreneurs from forming competitive businesses uh, would in, uh, that, that inhibit workers from bringing innovative ideas to new companies. Well, my take is those innovative ideas were owned by the company they left. And so we have to recognize that ideas, especially in this uh, day and age where information and uh, embodied in intellectual property, right, most familiar uh, patents, 
trademarks, copyrights, but of course, trade secrets, trade secrets. That's what I'm referring to, confidential proprietary information and trade secrets. And the data shows on um, the most, well, first of all, of all the types of intellectual property, trade secrets are about 80% or more of all the intellectual property. And these are unregistered rights. So they're ideas that are shared and kept and maintained yeah. confidential. And, and trade secrets can vary considerably from industry to industry, how small okay. it is, even though it's tiny, like though that recipe for the McDonald's burger is worth an ungodly amount of money if another company was to then sell it. And then, I mean, what, what are they gonna do? The cat's out of the bag. Exactly. There's no putting that back. And there's a million metaphors for that. I like the horse left the barn, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but there you have it. So so that's the risk. So you're sharing with your employees um, maybe how to do a process, how to make something. But the things that are published in patents, that doesn't tell the whole story. It's this it's this know how, this show how, this confidential and proprietary information that can rise to the level of a trade secret. And as I was saying, most intellectual property, in fact, is in the form of some trade secret. And the other fact we have to keep in mind is most trade secret misappropriation, in fact, comes from employees and former employees. So the very people that have access to the trade secret, it turns out, are the ones, of course, that uh, are the ones that, I'm not saying every employee is guilty of misappropriation, but that's where it must come from. And so here the FTC is saying, okay, now you can't, put a non-complete compete in place with these very people. So how does, and, and they counter with, um, well, you can always sue them for trade secret misappropriation. Now, I don't have the statistics in hand, but it's a lot more expensive, I can comfortably and confidently say, that it's a lot more expensive to sue someone for a trade secret violation than it would be to sue them on a contract breach, okay? There's a lot more hurdles to jump over in trade secret uh, misappropriation. You have to show, first of all, that you handled, you, the employer, handled uh, the the trade secret as such, right? Mm -hmm. You use reasonable efforts to maintain it. And one of those reasonable efforts is contracts. Yeah. And so they're they're pushing yeah. back with if this you can very- solidify it cool. with a contract, I mean, that's the easiest thing. You take it to court, say, hey, bloody blah, right here, said yeah. he wasn't going to do this. This is the problem specifically right here. There's no rigmarole of years and years of lawsuits necessarily. It'll be done on the spot. Uh, it, it certainly reduces the amount of issues you need yeah. to prove as plaintiff. And as you said before, even is true, even at that. So I have a contract claim, but my secret's out there. Yeah. So the damage is significant. And I think it's um, it's it's kind of lost. Perhaps it appeared anyway, lost on the FTC to to just outright ban without any moderation, without any intermediate approach, as as was struck in Massachusetts in 2018 where it's it's limited. Um, I'm not suggesting that's the model, but some form of in between. And to my point, there's been, this was published in January 5th, this proposed rule of this year. And there's well over uh, many thousand, maybe uh, nine, 10,000 comments already. Wow. That um, I think the Chamber of Commerce has asked the FTC, it's supposed to be 60 day comment period. And they've already asked the FTC for an extension on that comment period. So that's supposed to wind up in March. And I think it might end up being more like uh, uh, May or June even. Uh, and then once the comments are heard and a final rule is published, there you have it. So as a 
intellectual property attorney, in-house or general attorney or business person, you need to know this is this is coming in some form. It's absolutely coming in some form, whether it's a modification or the whole shebang. How do you counsel now? Mm. This is what's coming up. And it's not just, I want to quickly add, non-compete agreements, even non-disclosure agreements with a restrictive enough covenant within it, like you won't do something that... Uh, um, can rise to the level by virtue of the FTC's definitions of essentially being a non-compete. Mm-hmm. So all of the gre- agreements need to be reviewed in light of whatever the final rule looks like. It seems like they're using a hammer to fix something that should have been a scalpel. <laughs> like, like a- I, I, that's exactly perfectly said. Yes. Right. And that's, you know, I don't question government's intent. Maybe I should sometimes. You should. You should. You can't on this show. <laughs> but I think that I think that the um, many laws and rules, um, well-intentioned as they may be, are, are not well enough thought through. So I hope they take into consideration some of these comments. I did look at some of the comments. I didn't scroll through nine plus thousand comments, but it's very easy to see the tension, right? doctors, artists, yeah. restaurateurs, um, they're happy to see this go. Yeah. So maybe it makes every, sense. I mean, yeah. that's the example where the, the lobbying should have paid off and said, well, this, this doesn't make sense. Some fast food worker that is told he can't work in another fast food restaurant for five years when that's literally your only experience and it's an entry-level job, how are you going to move into something else? Exactly. Um, it, it's just corporate abuse. Um, I, I guess another angle of this that people are, are I don't, actually, I don't know, but in theory might be against non-competes from the more libertarian free market perspective might be a matter of why, why the heck are these companies not allowing competition if this other employer across the street is going to pay you three times more to do the same job? Why not? I mean, can you keep, I'm assuming that directly goes against the case for, for the, the part that probably should stay as is. Pro, it uh, goes against the part that probably it should that We probably yes. should have the non-competes in those situations. In certain yeah, situations. I think let, let's look at it from a yeah. One perspective. So uh, there's some um, venture capital association. If you read the Globe piece, you saw some venture capital association. And forgive me, I I don't remember the person's name, but they were pro getting rid of non-competes. And I I was scratching my head and I thought, okay, I get their perspective. Right. So they have they want to start a business. Of course, they want to bring in experience and people who are exposed to certain things. But but play that forward a couple of years, and that very same company that started up is now a few years old. It's raised millions of dollars. It's trained its employees, and the knowledge there is unique to them as they pursue a, a unique solution in a marketplace, whatever that may be. And now, let's say a chief scientific officer or a, a experienced engineer leaves, or a business person. I'm not exclusively technology. Someone leaves who has all the knowledge. I can't enforce a non-compete with that person. So they can go to a large, deep-pocketed company that could take right from under me the the gemstones and start a business that will just knock out my startup uh, enterprise. So it's not fair in a way, and and when it's overused, as you were saying, a non-exempt employee example. And if it's not in place, then you have kind of a market free-for-all where employers then will have to have their guard up 
how much am I going to share with these? So rather than show you the whole, I'll show you a part and I'll show the next person a part and you work together or you know, it's going to stifle in-house innovation yeah. and sharing. It, and to, for with regards to the free market competition, it won't exist because so you're basically, if you're just creating a duplicate company at essentially the same rate, same product, same everything, that, that's not feeding competition, that's just poaching. Well, okay, that's, I'll say, I agree. I agree. And that's, I mean, that's what we saw a lot in San Francisco back in the the early tech bubble days. I mean, they were just in, in some very incestuous relationships between the Googles of, and the various other uh, Microsofts and all them working alongside each other, sharing employees back and forth, which is part of the reason why there's probably so many non-competes now over in San Francisco Valley. Well, they're all wiped out, right? Yep. So they're illegal in California. But you see a lot of that kind of... Um, in the life science sector in the Boston market, you see a lot of jumping around. And uh, I've been in conference rooms where former employees of a company that we were uh, investigating for one thing or another, the former employee of that company was in the conference room. And people, the pressure to, to have that person say what they know and the integrity for them to sit there under that pressure and not do it is very admirable. And I've seen that. I've seen that take place. And so... Uh, um, I think a, uh, a responsible employee will keep that will abide by the rules of the non-compete. Um, and as I said earlier, I mean, uh, most misappropriation is going to come from employees or former employees. So there's probably a whole lot of others that maybe don't understand the what they were exposed to um, in ter- in, as, as to the terms of the agreement they signed. But there's uh, unfortunately that's that happens from time to time. I will, I'm also starting to look at this from the perspective of what it does to valuation mm-hmm. of those companies, those smaller companies. When I'm doing a, a diligence and intellectual property diligence on a potential acquisition, one of those we always look at agreements that are in place. But now that you have to look at well, who are the former employees and what did they know and where did they go. And so now it's opening up a whole vein of investigation and I think potentially devaluing the uh, the companies they left. If you can see how their ideas may not be unique to them any longer because this person left with one aspect and this person left. And there's no non-compete I can show uh, to stop that behavior. Now, again, FTC, well, you could always sue them for misappropriation. I'm a small company. I can't spend all of my my raised dollars suing people all around different districts all over the country. Um, And it's very tough to prove. And the patent system is long and expensive, and it's not something that's just going to get turned around overnight. If your if your business could go under in six months if you lose lose the uh, the people that are run that are there and the the knowledge. Oh, that's absolutely true. Whether it's patents or trade secrets or what have you, um, for many companies, it's it's bet the company and uh, puts them in a position where they have to settle for unfavorable terms um, just to, to maintain. Um, presence in a marketplace um there's there's alternatives and things I'm, I'm speaking in broad generalities but i do think that um it's it's a it's a cost that um and and i might add we're not talking about non-competes going forward from the rule forward we're talking about anyone that's even in place as we speak you and i so so they companies would have to go and say all right here's all the non-competes we have in place and have had in place and then write you have to write to the 
persons, the former employees had signed those and say, never mind, you're not covered under yeah. the non-compete anymore. So have at Chaos. it. I mean, think about what that would, I, I just, as I said, I, I like to think that I, the government officials start out with, well, good intentions, but I'm a little uh, suspect at this point on this one. Yeah. I mean, if they're not specific enough with what exactly it is they're referring to with non-competes, I mean, what sort of, like, what are the, what would the, what's, What's kind of a worst case for like contract law in general if, if these went out? Say you got a musician that signed with a record label saying, hey, you're going to be doing five years or 10 records or whatever it is. And this gets written to loosey goosey. What's going to happen to that? Well, I think it'll be challenged because any 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 whiff of a non-compete um, will be well, it's basically banned. And as I said, even if it were in place years ago. Um, so, you know, if you're that artist and, and there's opportunity, but that, I mean, that's, that's a, uh, that's an interesting, uh, instance you raised there. I'm, I'm coming at it more from the, I have, uh, business information or technical information mm -hmm. that could, that could prove very valuable to a new employer. Um, I mean, at, at the moment when somebody leaves many, many companies, clients, ask me to write the former employee and remind them of their obligation. And, and even the new employer we write to and remind them that, you know, John Smith here that you just hired from us has obligations to this company. So you need to, um, and, and maybe there'll be some of that um, continuing, right? I mean, they're not obligated under non-compete, but this person knows some things that are, we consider trade secret and uh, for you to ask or to kind of pry those away from them or incent them away from them by paying them more um, would would maybe sweep you under the uh, the liability as well. Yeah, the trade yeah. secret misappropriation liability. Yeah, I mean, do you, I mean do you expect because the comments especially have been so extensive to the FTC with regards to this? Is it basically going to be a, a while before there's really any next steps? No, it, this is this year and it's right. months. It'll be months because um, whether that extension and I, I'm just not 100 percent sure. I mean, last I looked, the um, last I checked, it was I think the um, business organizations were gathering and saying, look, there's so many comments here and this is such gravity, this this impact. It needs to be studied. And um, so they asked for it and, and they may have it. I, I'm just not 100 percent sure. But it's, it's interesting. Um, FTC has the authority to extend that. And I, I think it's not going to carry on more than this year. The the um, recognition um, of what the trends were state to state and even in the FTC, um, some of the holdings, um, non-competes, it's just non-competes have always been frowned on by the courts. And and so if you have to look at the context, though, that's what that's what we've been talking about. In what context? It can be extremely unfair, yes, and it can be extremely unfair, yes, to the employer, to the employee. So we need a fact finder, and we need to to put that into place and and balance the uh, the harms, as you as it were. Um, and I, and I think that's that's certainly doable. And to write it into a rule, um, yeah, it, it's a difficult task, but I think it's doable. And uh, if you just looked at if you if you looked at the comments like a vote, it would be overwhelming to get rid of it. It was, like, it was like every 50th comment was against it or something, maybe every hundredth. So there weren't many. And and I'm waiting for the business groups like the Chamber and um, other intellectual property groups 
like AIPLA or the IPO or universities. I'm, I'm not sure the law school wants to dip its toe into that, but maybe and see um, what what uh, uh, large groups uh, think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm curious about that. But but this is happening in some form this year. All right. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for that because it'll be it'll be really interesting if it gets through. All right. Speaking to Peter Lando, founding partner partner at Lando and Anastasi, LALaw.com to get more from them. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, AJ. Great seeing you again. This is New England Take. I'm your host, AJ Kearsett, the New England Take.com to get more from me and follow New England Take on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.